This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. The conversation should have been had in the locker room. The conversation should have been had today when you're watching film. That's when the conversations need to be had, not on national TV. When you look like that, and it sounds like that, and the appearance is like that, and you're winning the football game, you are going to look the worst for the wear when you're A.J. Brown, no matter if he was right or wrong in that deal last night. No, 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 Yes, we have some evil, evil people, and I'm a part of their evil plan here on Freddie and Harry, the best show on your radio. We got Harry Douglas on Freddie Coleman together, presented by Progressive Insurance. Appreciate you joining us on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. And don't forget about us by telling your smart speaker to play ESPN radio. Man, what has it been like that Deion Sanders effect before the season? If he wins three games, this is great. He's already 2-0, the number 18 in the country. He's got people hating on him and the success he's had that fast. Even when he was on the Pat McAfee show earlier today, he says, yeah, we heard Jay Norvell, Colorado State head coach, had to say, but. We believe. I mean, Stephen, we, we have a wonderful plan. We have wonderful support staff. The coaching staff is impeccable. And the kids that we went out there and targeted to come, as well as the ones we brought in, we just believe. Regardless of the noise, regardless of the naysayers, we truly believe in what's inside that locker room and what's dictating those plays. And now we truly believe in that. And what we're creating, we just truly believe. And the church doors are open in the state of Colorado based on that. Let's bring an FOS friend of the show. He is Zach by the co-host of Stokely and Zach on 104.3 in Denver. Hit him on social media at Buys Line. Zach in the land of Nuggets and Broncos and Avalanche. Oh, my. What has it been like with this kind of Dion effect that has taken hold this quickly in the state of Colorado? Well, you use that word uh, quickly, Freddie. And first of all, thanks for having me on, uh, fellas. Uh, You say quickly. I was describing it to a friend as almost like the biggest story in sports falling right out of the sky. I mean, people were laughing at the idea that Dion uh, was going to be linked with Colorado, not 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 hired by Colorado. People were laughing that Dion was being linked with Colorado. What did these two uh, entities have in common with one another? And although on, on the surface, uh, it may not seem like a lot, but, but CU, Colorado, needed a lightning rod, and Prime needed an opportunity that he could do what he did at Jackson State at the Power 5 level, and then you add water and stir, and it's the biggest story, arguably, in all of sports, not just college football, uh, as proof is evident by, you know, game day is going to be there this weekend. Uh, the other network has been following these guys around for three straight weeks. 60 Minutes is there. The Rock is there. I mean, this thing is has taken on an entire life of its own. Guys, it almost feels like peak Miami Hurricanes buzz meets Boulder, Colorado. Pretty wild. Wow. That's huge. And he, I got to ask he used you. The word, he used the word buzz. Zach, yeah. we see what you did there. We got it. We <laughs> that see that what you did there. Yeah, it was. We are in Colorado. I am currently <laughs> in Colorado right now. So, Zach, <laughs> I'm happy and excited to be here. And the energy is is electric. And the people are really on board with Dion and his program. But I have to ask you, why do you think Jay Norvell gave Colorado more bulletin board material? You know what? I think that was one of those kind of caught in the moment type things. Like, you know, what hasn't been talked about enough, and not that it should be, but he's in front of a live crowd. That was like the coaches show. He's in front of like a CSU, Colorado State University type of pep rally uh, the week of the game. And I think he just got caught up a little bit. I think he got caught slipping. Uh, he said all the right things. Prime said all the right things about him. 
Uh, they don't have some sort of longstanding relationship, but certainly not any sort of problem with one another. And I think, um, I, honestly, you, you want to know what's interesting? I think Jay Nor- Norvell just told his version of the truth. You know, I just think he was being authentic to him in that moment and feeling a little bit brazen in front of a live crowd um, and just got caught up in it. And now, next thing you know, you're involved in a national headline. And for the third straight week, Deion Sanders feels like he has a springboard of motivation as if they needed one hmm. to attack. And, you know, it, what, what's also interesting, guys, is like this, this Rocky Mountain showdown, this has been a longstanding rivalry in Colorado. But to a lot of these kids, they've only been on campus for four or five months. A lot of them don't even know where Colorado State is located, wow. let alone that they're supposed to be a rival with them. So I'm mentioning that because now they have something tangible to latch onto. The rivalry didn't set in with, you know, 18 and 19 year old kids who just found their way to Boulder. But now you have almost insults from or, or what they will spin as an insult from Colorado State. And now they're in protection mode like they were a week ago against Nebraska and that rule. So I know uh, he was just being honest in that moment. And we want authenticity from these coaches and not coach speak. Um, but now at the same time, you gave them bulletin board material. And I fully expect them uh, to use it. The terrific Zach by the co-host of Stokely and Zach on 104.3 in Denver, joining Freddie Coleman and Harry Douglas on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. Staying with that, what has it been like? Because it seems to me, with all the success that Colorado's had, and now this back and forth that was started by Jay Norvell, the Colorado State head coach, on Wednesday, Wednesday, excuse me, and responsible by Colorado on Thursday and even today, how much of that's kind of deflected from the fact that there's still problems with Denver Broncos involving their coach and their quarterback? Oh well, well, well. Wait, actually, actually, Freddie, can you can you say that last part to your question again, please? <laughs> About the, the the troubles involving the quarterback regarding Russell Wilson. Oh. Yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I mean, you talk about. <laughs> oh my gosh. You know, Russell Wilson. I'm actually. It's funny because Harry's actually in my studio in Denver, and I'm in New York for a wedding. But on my way out, uh, I pass Russell Wilson's store. He has a brick and mortar store at Denver International Airport, and it seems like every other store or bookstore or place selling food. It's full of people. And for the second straight trip through Denver International, not one person in Russell Wilson's store. Guys, this, this whole town, we call it Broncos country, uh, they are so down on Russell Wilson. Um, and, then, and then after what happened a year ago, you have Sean Payton who comes in the fold who's supposed to be an offensive guru. And in the first week of football, Russell Wilson threw for 177 yards. And do you know how many attempts – uh, passes of 15 yards he had one one total pass of 15 yards or more uh, he averaged five yards per completion which was the same that his running back Samaj P. Ryan averaged um, it looks like they are holding Russell Wilson's hand uh, I don't know if that's going to continue to be the case but you know this town started to get excited again uh, they've had the longest playoff drought in pro football with the New York Jets the last time they were in the playoffs it was Super Bowl 50 when Peyton Manning was still uh, playing. I mean, he's already, you know, he's gone in the Hall of Fame since then after waiting uh, a number of years. And then this town got excited. And what we saw in week number one, I mean, they were one of five teams to not sack the quarterback. Uh, two total explosive plays, a quarterback that threw for less th- yards than, you know, Bryce Young and Anthony Richardson in their first game. I mean, holy smokes, man. If they don't get it figured out quickly, the Broncos are bordering on the most irrelevant status as they have had in their NFL's history, because not only are they losing again for the seventh straight year, but hey guys, the the MVP, the NBA, he plays in Denver. The world champions, 
they play in Denver. The team that's favored to win the Stanley Cup, they play in Denver. And they have the biggest story in all of sports right up there in Boulder. So if the Broncos uh, don't get this figured out, they're going to be put on the back burner by the sports consciousness of the Colorado, uh, of the state of Colorado for the first time maybe ever. So, Zach, I've said on first take, I've said on Get Up, I've said on ESPN Radio, I'm giving Russell Wilson to game six. Now, originally I said within the first four games that the Denver Broncos better be three and one. Doesn't look like that's going to happen because Miami's in that equation as well. They have the Washington Commanders this weekend, a team that really can hunt the quarterback from a defensive line perspective. But after their first four games, they have the Jets, the Chiefs, the Green Bay Packers, the Chiefs, and the Buffalo Bills. At game six, if things aren't looking right, do you see Russell Wilson being the starting quarterback? It's so funny that you're mentioning this because I heard you say some of it, but I've also had my own versions of this. And I'll, I'll, I'll take it this far, okay, considering the landscape that you just painted out about the context of the schedule, okay? If they don't win this weekend, okay, they lost last week at home against the Raiders, who they've now lost to seven straight times. They have not beaten the Raiders in a presidential term, okay? But now, if you, if you lose to Washington in Sam Howell's third start at home, guys, find me an easier two-game stretch than home against the Raiders and home against the Commanders. If they lose at home and they go to 0-2 since 1970, 90% nearly of teams that start 0-2 miss the playoffs. But uh, they average five and a half wins a year. <laughs> because you're going to Miami in the month of September, which is normally a death sentence. Uh, and I don't know how – like, they're going to go to 0-3 if they go to 0-2. You're not going to Miami and beating that football team. So, yeah, I expect if they do not beat Sam Howell and the Commanders this weekend, as sure as I am talking to you right now, you will see Jarrett Stidham out there playing for Sean Payton, whether Russell Wilson is a healthy or not. Because here's the kicker decision, and everyone needs to know this about the Russell Wilson conversation. With this new contract that hasn't even kicked in yet, okay, because they did the deal with two years left on the current contract. So the new contract, the third biggest in the history of the quarterback position, doesn't even kick in until next year. But this is why I brought this up. The Broncos have a decision to make after this year. If Russell Wilson is on the roster at the first day of the new league year, his money not only kicks in for 2024, it kicks in for 2025. So you need to see what you have in Russell Wilson because if you're going to move forward with him, you move forward with him in wholesale financially for the next two years as opposed to if he doesn't play well, they can actually designate him as one of these post-June first cuts and spread the damage out over the course of the next few years. Um, So they have a big boy decision to make. And I'll tell you what, if they make that decision, the general manager is also going to get fired. And it's truly going to be the uh, Sean Payton's vision for the football team. And unfortunately, and I wish this wasn't true, and a lot of my listeners hate when I say this, unfortunately, we have enough evidence at this point to actually expect that to be the case as opposed to the, uh, the alternative where Russell Wilson somehow turns into the 2019 version of himself at age 35, 36, 37. Wow. As Deion Sanders will call him on the NFL Network, first name Russell Last name Wilson, Zach Bison, first name Russell, last name about to be benched if things don't get better in Denver, the Broncos, and Russell Wilson. He's an FOS friend of the show. He is Zach By, the co-host of Stokely and Zach on 104.3 in Denver. Hit him on social media at Buys Line. He joined Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. Enjoy the wedding, Zach, and take care and safe travels, my man. Thanks a lot.
Hey, appreciate you guys. Have a great rest of your day. Yeah, thanks, bud. We're gonna have to have him back on when and if that happens regarding Russell Wilson no longer being yep. the starting quarterback. If things don't get better fast and soon in Denver, but we know Colorado football is in good hands with prime time, prime time, prime time. Deion Sanders and this good hand moment of the week is brought to you by Allstate with insurance from Allstate. You'll be game day ready every day. Visit Allstate.com or call a local agent today to learn more. Allstate, you're in good hands. Oh, my goodness! To the end zone, highlight reel! I've got some questions I want answers. NFL questions and answers. Oh, baby! Give me everything you got! With Freddie and Harry. And we do it to it right here on ESPN Radio, as well as the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. Don't forget about us on TuneIn and always tell that smart speaker to play ESPN Radio, a serious, serious slate of some crucial games in week two. It's weird to say that word early, but the NFL is second by second, not week by week. That's just how it goes in 21st century football. It's a case of what we know and what we need to see. That's what NFL questions and answers are all about. And we start with Ravens at Bengals. All right, Brother Harry, what do you want to know? Or what do you know, I should say, what do you need to see? What do I know is that the Cincinnati Bengals have showed us the last year that if they start 0-2, if they go 0-3 in their division, they can come back from it. What I need to see from both Cincinnati and also uh, the Baltimore Ravens first with Cincinnati, the connection between Joe Burrow and T. Higgins in that first game versus the Cleveland Browns. He had eight targets, zero catches. So I want to see that, you know, combination back thriving when it comes to the Baltimore Ravens I want to see Lamar Jackson be better versus pressure he was two for seven when it came to pressure versus the Houston Texans for 14 yards of interception and he got sacked four times see things more clear and beat pressure and then they'll never you'll never see it again so that's what I want to see in that game here's what I know there's gonna be a lot of fussing and cussing between these two because these two teams can't stand each other. And anytime you have that, it's going to be a compelling storyline because the Bengals do not want to go down 0-2. There are no guarantees they can fight out of that. And if you're the Baltimore Ravens, you want to let the Cincinnati Bengals know this is back to being our division. There's going to be a lot of grown man football. Boys are not allowed. Stay home. It's going to be an X-rated kind of game involving these two. What I need to see is what Cincinnati told me in the offseason. They kept telling everybody, anybody who was somebody, this is the best offensive line that Joe Burrow has had in his four years in the National Football League. It did not look like that against the Cleveland Browns. When Miles Garrett gets in touch with inner Steph Curry and sacks your quarterback anyway, that's a bad sign for the offensive line. What I need to see is that offensive line that was promised to us from the Cincinnati Bengals in front of their quarterback, Joe Burrow. Raiders at Bills. By the way, the Bills host the Raiders. Coverage begins at noon Eastern time on select ESPN radio stations. Harry, what do you know and what do you need to see? What what I know is that the Raiders have no business beating the Buffalo Bills at <laughs> Buffalo for their home opener. That's what I definitely know. I like that. What I need to see, I need to see Josh Allen redeem himself. Show his teammates that, yes, he is the leader of this team. He can be trusted. He's not going to be reckless. He's going to pick and choose his spots on when to, you know, be sporadic and be remarkable and make these big splash plays. But just show that he can take uh, protect the football at all costs. That's what I need to see. Here's what I know. That's the fine digs will be the best player in the field. He had 10 catch to 102 yards and one touchdown. And the secondary he's going up against is nowhere near the secondary that he just saw the New York Jets, and he busted them in the mouth for 10 catches. He's going to have those many catches, and he's going to have for more yards than against the Jets. That's what I know. What I need to see, if Jimmy Garoppolo can make it back-to-back on the road. He was quite efficient last week. Didn't turn over the football, was very careful with the football, 
made some plays when he had to with the football. The running game wasn't there yet. Josh Jacobs had 19 carries for 48 yards, but he's going to be a lot better than that, in my opinion, week two. Uh, that's what I need to see. Can Jimmy Garoppolo do it to it again on the road and have the Raiders go to 2-0? Packers at Falcons. I dread asking this question because Harry Douglas was drafted <laughs> by the Falcons. He grew up in Atlanta. He's a Falcons fan, essentially from birth, even though he's born in the city, in the state of Miami, Florida, in the city, in the state of Florida. Excuse me. But what do you know? What do you need to see involving these two? What I know is that there are a lot of jive turkeys that want the Falcons to lose this game. Name call. So they, uh, Shannon Penn, Devin Kane, uh, Freddie Coleman. <laughs> Wait a minute. Man, how'd I get dragged into this? I'm not it's hating on your of, Falcons. It's a lot of y'all that want the Falcons to lose this weekend. So when we come in here on Monday, y'all are giving me hell. But see, wait, 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 hold on, hold yeah, on. We ain't just want to let that slide. Yeah, exactly. What? Look, if we're so mm-hmm. against the Falcons, then why did I go out here and book two, two Atlanta Falcons, Falcons yeah, this week? Exactly. Look at that. Well, yeah. Because we still have a show to do. It's great for the show, Shannon. It, we could we could also turn the we could have gotten two other people for from show. different teams don't, that won this weekend. Don't y'all sit up here and act like y'all don't want the Falcons to lose, so y'all can get me on Monday. Especially saying how I had to attack. There you go. You heard the bird call, baby. You heard the bird call. Now, what I need to see, I need to see Jordan Love against this Falcons defense because this is a revamped defense, and they gave Bryce Young a young quarterback fits in Week One. So I'm going to see how Jordan Love is going to fare up against the Atlanta Falcons in their defense. He had an amazing week one. Yeah. Can he follow it up uh, two weeks in a row? Here's what we know, that Desmond Ritter will be as effective as that running game. And that running game was no. pretty effective uh, for the I Atlanta love the Falcons. Rocks, I wish I was up there for that. <laughs> I always watch the whole thing for <laughs> yeah, They love to, they love to okay. tote that rock, you're too. Exactly, as far as that goes. No that. doubt about that. As far as the Falcons, I want to see how they can tote that rock and help out their quarterback like they did last week when he was able to be very efficient. They didn't push the ball down the field so much, but when they had to, they were able to make that work as far as that goes. So that's what I know. What I need to see, I need to see that if the Atlanta Falcons lose, if they do not win, if they don't even come through and go 2-0 and versus the Green Bay Packers, will there be an apology from Harry Douglas to Devin Kane and Shannon Penn because he has been giving them that work the whole week with the New York Giants. If the Falcons don't beat the Packers and they fall the one and one, what I need to see if an apology is going to come from the way of Harry Douglas to Devin Kane and Shannon Penn. Giants at Cardinals. Nice transition. Talk about the Giants and Cardinals now. All right, Harry, what do you know? Here's, here's what I'll, I'll let you know. What do I know and what I need to see from this game? Here's what we know. That Giants offensive line is not any good. Evan Neal, poor Devin Kane's like, can we just trade that guy already? Barely in a year or two. Andrew Thomas, he's on the injury list. We don't know when he's going to be off that injury list. It's going to be for anywhere from four to five weeks. That's what I know about the Giants offensive line. That's all the kind of problems they had last week versus the Dallas Cowboys. And the Cardinals last week had six sacks and forced three turnovers against the Washington Commanders, even though they lost that ball game. That's what I know. What do I need to see from the Arizona Cardinals? I guess any kind of quarterback play. I know that just in the ditch for Caleb, that's the guy they want. His dad, Carl, does not want Caleb to go there. He wants him to go somewhere else. He even said not too long ago that if my son is not a lock, that he's going to leave to go to the first round and to be the first pick in the draft. He may stay here and get that NIL money. What I need to see is what kind of quarterback play you're going to get out of Arizona Cardinals because that was probably non-existent last Sunday in a tough loss to the Washington Commanders. Dolphins at Patriots. Where do I start from this one? What do we know is that Tua Tungabailoa is going to be healthy. And if he's healthy, 
He threw for 466 last week against the Los Angeles Chargers. He won't throw for that this week. That New England Patriots defense is a lot better than the Los Angeles Chargers. But he will make some plays. When you got playmakers on the outside, he's showing he can get the ball to them. That's what I know. It won't be a 466 burger like it was last week. But don't be surprised if he has close to 300 over 300 yards this week against a really stout Patriots defense. What I need to see, if the Patriots can allow Mac Jones to do it, he did in the second, third, and fourth quarter. In the first quarter, they put the leash on him. In the second, third, and fourth quarter, they let that pigeon loose. And he was throwing the ball, making plays all over the place. That's what I need to see. If Bill Belichick will allow that to happen for a second straight week. It is Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. Don't forget about us on TuneIn and always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. Was it a to-do or much ado about nothing between Eagles wide receiver A.J. Brown and quarterback Jalen Hurts having that blow-up, quote-unquote, on the sidelines? We'll get to that next. The Freddie and Harry Podcast. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! Splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Because A.J. Brown wanted to know that from Jalen Hurts last night on the sideline even though the Eagles beat the Minnesota Vikings to go to 2-0. He is Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. Thanks for joining us on this Love Friday edition of Freddie and Harry, presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio, as well as the ESPN app. Sirius XM Channel 80. Don't forget to tell that smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. While Harry keeps singing to Tevin Campbell, we bring in Mike Tannenbaum, ESPN NFL front office insider. Great follow on Twitter at Real Tannenbaum. And Mike, you heard that call on WIP Sports Radio in Philadelphia about the Eagles winning last night but a lot of conversation about Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown not happy not getting the ball enough to his liking, even though they won the game. You've been around these kind of things. I don't think there's any concern, but what was your reaction and your take on what happened last night? Yeah, look, um, great players are going to want the ball, and they're going to have more of this challenge, guys, because I thought Brian Flores, the defense coordinator of the Vikings, did a great job 
went with a three-man rush, and they just said, hey, you know what? We're not going to let you throw the ball to these two great receivers. And every time DeAndre Swift runs it, that's one less time A.J. Brown or Devontae Smith touches it. So they should get used to it because I think they're going to see a lot more of that defense. Yeah, and looking at the Philadelphia Eagles, how crazy is it that you start your season off and you're going against Bill Belichick, who's had an entire offseason to prepare for you, and then you play a disciple of Bill Belichick and Brian Flores the following week who understands how to not let the big play get over his head or his team's head or his defenses that he's you know, uh, in charge of. But, Mike T, last night we had in that game with Justin Jefferson. He caught a football, went over the pylon, fumbled it, 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 it became a touchback for the Philadelphia Eagles. Do you have a problem with this rule, and should it be changed? Yeah, I hate the rule. I, I think it's unjust. I mean, you could say maybe put the ball back at the 20 and give it to the offense. And, you know, just, Justin Jefferson, you could argue maybe he shouldn't have stretched out knowing that it wasn't, you know, fourth down. But I, I think it's a bad rule and one that should be changed. And, look, they hit a 61-yard field goal. But, guys, that was a 10-point swing. And you look at the final outcome of the game, and clearly that was a major impact on it. Why is it unjust? Because why are we giving a second chance to a guy who had a fumble forced out of his hands? And give credit to the Eagles defense, but Justin Jefferson is better with football. Mike, why do you think that's unjust? Because to me, that's part of football. Hold on to the football and don't get rewarded for a second chance. You should have taken advantage of the first opportunity. Well, I would say that's only half the story, though, Freddie, because Philly never recovered the ball. Like, if the opposing team recovers the ball in the end zone, I'm I'm 100% on board. But just because you force it out doesn't mean you should get – uh, possession and to me that's where like this rule is oddly like double jeopardy don't no, we have you... enough rules in favor of the offense as it is now <laughs> <laughs> it's just a little bit like uh offense defense here is that, is that, am i in the middle of a little family spat is no 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 jump? no there's no family spat as far as that goes i just i look at it from the standpoint by the way, mike tannenbaum espn nfl front office insider on freddie and harry on espn radio i'll grant that it does seem that way in terms of the ball goes out of bounds Possession goes back to the offense. But when you get into the red zone and you can't maintain possession, I firmly believe that you should not be rewarded, especially the defense makes a play and forces a fumble or you just were careless with the football. Right, but again, first of all, you don't know if they made a play. You could have just you know, fumbled the ball. But secondly, like until you show possession of the ball, I, I think you're not only you're getting possession without earning it necessarily and you're getting 20 yards. So. To me, that's like almost like there's no other rule that you get like sort of like that double benefit the way uh, that that touchback rule is in you know in place. Now I want to stick to the Jets. You were a part of that organization for a very very long time. Is there a world where you can see Kirk Cousins ending up in a Jets uniform this season? I understand he has the no trade clause, but is there any kind of way you can see that happening for the Jets? Absolutely. I mean, Bart Scott and Mike Greenberg had the deal done at 810 this morning. We were just working on the <laughs> finalizing the paperwork, guys. Like, is there a world, Harry? I mean, we, we that was signed, sealed, and delivered. I, absolutely. I think, you know, a couple of things at play here, guys. First of all, Minnesota's 0-2. They're not 0-8. So let's we got to pump the brakes a little bit. But if they're sitting here at 1-6 or 2-7 and, and, you know, the Jets want to give up a material pick, I think that's something that absolutely they would have to uh, – both sides would have to consider, you know, Kirk Cousins will be 36 next year. He's a free agent. And if the Jets are still in the race, which I think they will be, because they, you know, already have a division win at home. They have a really good team. This could be, you know, one of those rare in-season quarterback trades. You know, we saw it with Carson Palmer. We saw it with Jimmy Garoppolo. So it's not something that happens all the time, but I don't think you could rule it out either. Why would Kirk Cousins, in your opinion, Mike, want to start over knowing that 
He's only going to be with the Jets for one year, and a certain guy named Aaron Rodgers will be back in 2024. Here's why. You have a chance to win. And secondly, if you're going to try to show off your ability for the rest of the teams, you may have a better chance of doing that in New York with that team than you do in Minnesota. So, um, Plus, you have a real chance to win. Again, assuming that you know four to six weeks from now, they're still in the middle of things. You know, Minnesota won 13 games a year ago, but they lost in the first round of playoffs. And... Um, you know, I'm not sure if they're in a total rebuild, but no Adam Thielen, no Dalvin Cook, no Zadarius Smith. Um, we'll see how it goes. But that's something, if I'm Kirk Cousins, I'm not going to close that potential down because, again, if I have a chance to win and we're fading in Minnesota, i got to consider it. What's a bigger concern to you, Mike T., the Ravens offense or the Bengals offense? I, I think the Ravens, and it's because of injuries. Like, the, this poor organization, it's amazing, like, I think Mark Andrews is going to play, which is great news, but you know, they're missing you know, Linda Baum, um, a good center. They're missing Ronnie Stanley, a great left tackle. They're missing their starting running back in J.K. Dobbins. And we're not even talking about the injuries on the other side of the ball, Harry. So to me, um, it just seems like Baltimore the last couple of years, they, they've dealt with a massive amount of injuries. And uh, you know, hopefully for them, they can you know, play better than they did a week ago. And they still have Zay Flowers and Odell Beckham Jr., Mike Tannenbaum, ESPN NFL front office insider, and Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. Hit him on social media at Real Tannenbaum. There are always questions about any team, any player, no matter what. That's what makes the NFL so special. Right now we're heading into week two. Eagles already up on everybody else. They're 2-0. They beat the Vikings. Mike, what is your biggest question or questions heading into week two on Sunday and then a doubleheader on Monday? Yeah, you know, I'm fascinated about this Sunday night game of, you know, I thought Miami played really well on the road and, can New England slow them down? I think that's going to be a, a fascinating game. And then I think all eyes are on, you know, the New York Jets. You know, is Zach Wilson new and improved, or is it here we go again? And is it going to force the Jets' hand come Monday? So I think, you know, the AFC East is, uh, has some, you know, really big storylines. So if you're Nathaniel Hackett, right, going into this matchup, and you know, you know, you have to run the football, but there's going to come a time where Zach Wilson is going to have to throw it. Do you babysit why? him, Mike T, why? or do you why? allow why? him to? Why? Why? why does he have to throw it? I, I, I said before, if, if, if they throw the ball and the game is tied or they have the lead, he should fly home on American Airlines from Dallas. I wouldn't even <laughs> want to get on the team play. Here's why. Like, if you're going to lose, Harry, make Dak Prescott beat your defense. Don't lose the game on offense. Like, that's not allowed. I don't care if you punt on third down. Unless you're behind, <laughs> don't throw the ball. <laughs> Apparently, Mike Tannenbaum suggests to play Canadian Football League rules. Only three downs at the punt on third yeah. down. Always a pleasure, Mike. Have a good week and enjoy the action as well. Thanks so much. All right. Thanks, guys. Mike Tannenbaum, ESPN NFL front office insider. Like we mentioned him on Twitter, Real Tannenbaum. Joining us here on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. He is Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. I'm still not with him when it comes to that touchback rule. I know Evan no, Cohen from Unsportsmanlike in the morning. He thinks it's an awful rule. The fact that the other team gets the ball without possession is the dumbest rule in sports. I'm talking about on field, on court, on ice. I'm talking about the X's and O's of sports here. It is the dumbest rule. For whatever reason, the NFL has decided that if you're going in to score a touchdown and you fumble the ball out of bounds, that for whatever crazy reason, the other team gets the ball <laughs> without ever having possession. It makes absolutely no sense, and you cannot find a rule in the NFL or any other sport that is dumber than this rule. I actually like the rule, though. I mean, because... It works for me. 
you you have to take care of the football. You have to value the football, right? I'm not going to reward you for losing a football out of the back of the end zone. I agree. When you could have just kept it tucked and had the ball in the one yard line. Yeah, I don't think we should reward mediocrity and carelessness. That's just no. me. If you can't maintain that possession, or if a guy is stronger than you and the ball goes out of the back of the end zone, it's a touchback. Then that's a you problem. That you shouldn't make that a defensive problem. We got enough rules aligned for the offense as it is. We don't need to add another one like that. So you know what? You messed up. You made a mistake. We're going to give you the ball back. No, 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 no. I'm not buying with that. And, and, and Freddie, like head coaches get up on Wednesdays, right, when they're going through the must for both sides of the ball. Offensively, hey, take care of the football, value the football. That's the first one of the first things that uh, coaches talk about, the head coach and the offensive coaches, when it comes to, you know, the offense. Right. Take care of the football. And then defensively, they create turnovers. That, that's what they talk about. Mm. And then on special teams, I remember the guy I played for, Keith Armstrong, take the ball off the opponent. Take the ball off of him. That's how he used to sound. He was very violent with it, too. Take the ball <laughs> off somebody. If I tell you, R2, what's your job? Get same level as the damn ball, son. Same level. If your teacher asks you what you do for a living, you tell her same level as the ball and take it off somebody. And then the teacher said, what the heck is that? You're <laughs> not know. speaking English anymore. You're speaking Greek. <laughs> We're going to let you know our biggest question, other than the touchback rule, heading into Sunday and Monday in the NFL. You can let us know yours. Triple H say ESPN 888-729-3776. Let Freddie and Harry know on Freddie and Harry what's your biggest question you have about maybe your team, a player, a game, whatever, heading into week two on Sunday and Monday. 888-729-3776. Your questions are next on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and Sirius XM Channel 80. The Freddie and Harry Podcast. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman on Freddie and Harry on this Love Friday on ESPN Radio as well as the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. Don't forget to tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. We want to feel that love from you. Your biggest NFL question heading into week two. We're going to give you ours in a couple of minutes, but it's time to hear from YOU at 888-ESPN, 888-729-376. Walk in rhythm on this Love Friday with your biggest NFL question. Steve in West Virginia, what is yours and why, my friend? Hey, guys, love the show. Listen all the time when I can. Uh, My biggest uh, question and concern is, are we going to start believing in my L.A. Rams if they by any chance pull off a tough win against the 49ers? Man, those are some rough customers, man. I I don't see that (laughs) happening. Also, if you look at the last three or four years, the San Francisco 49ers have owned the Los Angeles Rams. Now, I know San Fran beat them in that I – mean, excuse me, the Rams beat them in that uh, NFC Championship game a few years ago. Mm-hmm. But in the regular season, Kyle Shanahan has owned Sean McVay when it has come to this matchup time and time again. I will say this. The, four, the Rams let it be known that you're not going to out-physical them and they're not going to have anything to say about that. And division games we know are so tough. It doesn't matter. I hate the cliche, but it's in that division, it's always true in the NFC West – you can't look at somebody and say they're going to own them. Even you may win, but you're going to shed some blood. 
it is not going to be an easy game for the 49ers. And the Rams win that ball game. That's going to turn a lot of heads and open up some eyes about a Rams that maybe people did not think could maybe not even get last or not get out of last place in the NFC West. Brian in Pennsylvania, my friend, what is your biggest question heading into week two of the NFL? Hey, guys, first, let me just say uh, I listen to a lot of ESPN radio, and you guys are, have such great chemistry, and it's a pleasure to listen to you. Appreciate you. Thank, Thank you for the kind words. My call. Thank you. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a diehard Bills fan, and, you know, up until the last game, I would have defended anybody when they said Josh is careless with the ball, and I know he made a lot of mistakes, but they still won a lot of games, scored a lot of touchdowns. Is Josh going to be able to kind of, you know, move on and turn the page and, and, and get things going in the right direction here? Brian, I'll be honest with you, and I told our very own Christine Lisi this the other day. Um, I, I think the other night was going to be a blessing in disguise for Josh Allen. Like, watching how deflated he was, walking into that locker room, knowing that he was the reason why his team lost the game against Zach Wilson and company uh, when Aaron Rodgers goes down. I think he it's going to be a teachable moment, and he's going to be able to learn from that. And what better way to start it off this weekend versus the Las Vegas Raiders mm-hmm. at home for the home opener. So, Brian, I honestly feel like Josh Allen's going to be okay. In my opinion, I'm a big believer in constructive criticism, but I'm also a big believer in constructive listening. And Josh Allen has to listen to himself because you're right. Seeing the look on his face Monday night, the way he looked and said, same bleep, same piece, different situation. It's okay to have constructive criticism. I'm sure he's heard about that outside and inside that building. But Josh Allen has to start having constructive listening. If they're saying you can't do those things, if you say to yourself you can't do those things, then you can't do those things anymore. He has way too much talent and ability to have those kind of turnovers, three interceptions and one fumble that allowed the Buffalo Bills to not be 1-0, but 0-1 going against the Raiders. I'm with you. I think he's, I think he – mentally has figured that out, that he knows you can't be that careless with your talent with the football. Before we get to more calls at 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. On your biggest question, heading into week two of the National Football League. Harry, what is your biggest question for the NFL this weekend? For me, Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs, is uh, will Mahomes be able to trust those wide receivers, right? Those guys really let him down on Thursday night football to kick things off of the NFL season. And they play at Jacksonville versus the Jaguars, a team that had their opportunities last year against KC. So, you know, Travis Kelsey's going to be coming back in their last matchup that these two teams faced. Kelsey had 14 catches. Um, I can see Jacksonville going into that game and saying, you know what? After what we witnessed on Thursday night football, mm-hmm. let's just put two guys on Travis Kelsey right. and let Patrick Mahomes and those receivers figure it out. So is he going to still be able to have those tr- that trust in those receivers and actually show it on the football field as well? I don't think Patrick Mahomes is going to lose trust in any of his guys. I guarantee you he and Kadarius Tony went out and had a meal. They sat down. They broke some bread. They didn't let Kadarius Tony handle anything of sharp object material just in case based on the things <laughs> he might drop it. But after that whole dinner, I'm sure that Kadarius Tony was You're fine. Right. I'm completely going to hell on scholarship. I keep telling you guys that all the time. <laughs> but they're going to be fine. Kadarius Tony's going to be fine. It was just a bad night for a guy that has better hands than that, what we've seen from him. My biggest question is, what kind of Justin Fields are we going to see in week two? Ooh. I hated the fact that I saw a guy revert back to those bad mm-hmm. habits at times. This year, he does not have that excuse because people are expecting that he is going to make that step up. And Mark Silverman from Waddle and Sylvie, middays in ESPN 1000 in Chicago, when Mark was on Greeny with Mike Greenberg, 
He says Justin Fields reminds him of this guy, and this is not a good comparison. It's reminding me a lot of Mitch Trubisky. Mm -hmm. This kid is ultra-talented in Justin Fields. He's way more talented than Mitch, but I'm worried. I really am. He's got all the measurables. He can Uh throw it. He's a great leader. He's a hard worker. He's a fantastic athlete. He can run the ball. I don't know if he processes the information quickly, and that was Mitch's problem. When you're in the same sense with Mitch Trubisky, no good comes out of that. Not one out. I hope Justin Fields is better this week because he could not be any worse than he was last week losing to the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, but I understand what you know what, what was said right then and there. You have to throw the ball with anticipation. That's one of the main differences between the college level and the National Football League. You got to be able to anticipate and see things happening before they actually happen. That's what Tua Tagovailoa does a great job of letting that ball go, trusting that the guys are going to be there. You yeah. now have DJ Moore. There's no way in a football game that DJ DJ Moore, who's now your number one target, should have uh, two targets in a football game. Yeah. Right? You can't sit back there and hold the football because it can that can disrupt the play. Also, I think when you look at their offense, I, I want Luke Getze to help him out some more too as well. Yeah, no doubt but about Justin that. Fields has to do his part, and he didn't play well in week one. Yeah, because in the NFL, one-on-one coverage is open to a quarterback. Make the right. throw and give your guy a chance. Side by side, it's open in the National Football League. That is completely true. No one's that wide open in the NFL unless somebody fell down or blown a coverage in the National Football League. Ben in Missouri, what is your biggest NFL question heading into week two, my friend? Hey, I'll be quick. I just want to say first off, you guys are stellar. Um, I'm a diehard Chiefs fan for a long time. I was wondering if the Lions are for real or if we just fouled it up last week. I think both can be true. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, yep. seriously. I, remember, Lions only won by one point. Not like the Lions ran away and hit from Kansas City. And if Kadarius Tony doesn't have three drops and three critical drops, we're not having that conversation about, are the Lions for real? I think the Lions can be for real, but I think the Chiefs, Harry, fouled that up more than anything else. Let me say this really quick. The Lions have an opportunity to start, I think, 6-0 and or 7-0 and with ease. It might be 6-0. and yeah. That can be scary for a lot of teams in the and, NFC. Then they won't have to answer that question there for real or for not. Keep weighing in at triple H say ESPN eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. Your biggest NFL question heading into week two. And we got questions about Lamar Jackson, even though the Ravens are one and oh. That's next. Thanks for listening to the Freddie and Harry Podcast on ESPN Radio. You can also listen to Freddie and Harry live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch and listen on the ESPN app, the Freddie and Harry podcast.